Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag BYU. I just think it's something we didn't really concern ourselves with. Like each person in this locker room knows and wants to play any team in the country. And as far as I know, uh, we weren't ducking anybody. We're not afraid to play anybody. So I don't know. I just I just saw it as fake news. We all saw it as fake news because we know that that's just not how BYU is ran here. So fake news. That's Troy Warner, defensive back safety, talking about all that nonsense that they didn't want to play Washington. Well, that's over now. And what is ahead of them is tomorrow at 3.30 on ESPNU, the big game. The two undefeateds, number 13. Now, this is the college football committee. Both uh, teams are ranked higher in the AP, right? Coastal Carolina is ranked higher than 18 in the AP. Are they not, or are they they're ranked number point. eight in both the AP and the coaches' polls, and Coastal Carolina is around 16. Yeah, Coastal Carolina. So they are both ranked higher, but in the football committee, they're ranked lower. You still have 13 and 18, two nine and zeros going at each other, and Cougars getting a lot of love, man, or a lot of attention at least. A yeah, big story in the Washington Post, BYU football attempts to woo college football playoff committee voters by scheduling game on the fly tom homo talked about it yesterday we were all three of us were on that zoom call it's an exciting time for them now they got to follow it up biggest game since when brian keel just said biggest game in over 20 years probably a game that is certainly going to draw a lot of attention because of the way it was scheduled and two teams upstart teams haven't had a lot of success here of late. Now, Coastal Carolina's barely been in a Division One FBS is what they call it. Is that what they call it? Football Bowl Subdivision or something like you got that. It. Yeah. So I always just call it Division One or One AA. But uh, nevertheless, these guys, the Chanteliers, the Chants, have moved up. Chanticleers, PK. No, I want Chanteliers because they're Chants. Okay. That's too long of a name. Out of Conway, South Carolina, beautiful campus right there on the coast. I know I heard that uh, this attention that they've been getting because they've been getting unprecedented attention. Uh, BYU has received attention many times over the last 30 years, so I couldn't call it unprecedented. But for Coastal Carolina, since they're newbies to this third or fourth year into this level of football, this is unprecedented. And I heard yesterday, listening to some national shows, that this is going to mean $50 million to the university in terms of the marketing and increased applications and who are these guys. You know, what were they known before? Before, well, they won a college baseball World Series a couple years back. And then Dustin Johnson, who just won the Masters, he played his golf there. And so that was probably about it. And I knew it was on the coast, and <laughs> hence the coast of Carolina. But, man, can you imagine that? This football program bringing in uh, 50 million bucks because of all the attention they're, attention they're receiving. That's amazing. So what do you think, man? You excited for this game? I know I am. But they are not the only team in the state playing. Let's find out who also is playing tomorrow. Hashtag Utah. 
Are you surprised with the number of turnovers that have happened? Is this something that you saw in practice and camp, or is this something that surprised you, the number of uh, turnovers? I'm disgusted with it. Not surprised, disgusted. Uh, no, didn't didn't see it coming. We have been a very good ball security football team, and it is a constant point of emphasis with every player on the offensive unit. But uh, obviously, we have to do a much better job of taking care of the football. It's all about the ball. So we got to do a much better job, especially starting with the quarterback position. Well, that was Desert News Jeff Call on the Zoom on Tuesday to offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig for Utah, and he's disgusted with the turnovers, and why wouldn't he be? I mean, this is not a high-flying offense, so we've discussed it all week ourselves. We've, we're disgusted and disgusted. <laughs> we discussed it and are disgusted about it because they can't win games with that. And even against Oregon State, who's not supposed to have their starting quarterback with that in mind. I neglected to mention that the Cougar pregame show on the zone will start at 2.30 and the Ute pregame show here on the zone will start at 7.30. Big day for us with our college football coverage. Hans Olsen and his guys who do that, each of those shows, doing a fine job up on our profile. Don't need to go anywhere else. You can keep it locked right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, just like you do as the numbers have shown during the week. Stay with us on Saturdays, too. So this is a great opportunity for the Utes to get their first win. They got to get it. I mean, it's a jacked up season, sure, but nobody associated with the Utes wants to go 0 3. Now, quarterback's got to play better. Running back's got to hold on to the ball, for sure. It starts with the quarterback, uh, as far as the turnovers go. You know, creating time for him and everything is the offensive line's job. We all know that. But the quarterback has got to make sure that he is not loose with the ball under any circumstances. Throw it away. Tuck it, take the sack if you have to, whatever you need to do. And then obviously do not throw interceptions. And I do think that that is going to be better. And if they do that, I think they win. Because as I said, Oregon State has got a backup quarterback. Don't know much about him. Took one snap the other night on a QB sneak at the end of the game to beat Oregon. But you'd have to think that the Beavers are flying high because they had that big win. And if you're going to ask them one win on their schedule that they want the most, it's most likely going to be Oregon, right? Now, obviously, those are bitter rivals, and they're much like BYU and Utah in terms of uh, geographical distance apart from each other. And south of or- uh, Portland and all that, I've been to those places. So great opportunity for the Utes. Don't have to, uh, don't have to think about being 0-3. If they are, man. That's going to be a problem. Season, it's already south because of what's all that's happened, but you don't want it to go further south, that's for sure. Speaking of going south, there's a team up north that is going south. Is that correct, Yach? Let's get to that. Hashtag Utah State. Here comes the snap. Easily rolls right. Throws. Has a man wide open. Caught. Touchdown, Utah State. Daniels on first down to throw again. Down the middle. Open. Caught by Peterson. In. Touchdown, Air Force. Ben Peterson. 49-yard touchdown reception from Ezek Daniels. Option to the near side. Daniels hesitates. Cuts it back. Finds running room. 25-20 to the 15 of the 10. Touchdown, Air Force. Ezek Daniels starts right. Back the other way, 37 yards to Pater. That's Utah State in their game. One thing we know for sure, New Mexico stinks because the Aggies are 1-5 and five and they beat New Mexico. And then they get Air Force last night on national television. And they looked good in that first drive. Man, went down the field, kept the ball, 
It's the kind of drive you'd want. Eight minutes and results in a touchdown, but that was it. That was pretty much it. The rest of that from the, that point on was all about the Falcons as they win 35-7. to Improved to 3-2. and two. The Aggies drop to 1-5 and five as the misery continues. Because that program is really... Uh, I mean, we had Riley Jensen on. He's an alum saying it doesn't appear to be as bad. Well, maybe he knows more than I do because it certainly appears to be bad. It certainly appears to be that they're heading south. A number of players opting out, as we know. But they're going to clean house, I would assume, and then try to rebuild and get back to where they were. Because where they were in recent seasons with a couple of uh, double-digit win seasons and being ranked, yeah, yeah, that's not a bad spot where they were. I guess maybe they have to find a diamond in the rough and uh, Jordan Love, although this quarterback looks decent enough, especially for a kid. I, I would think you could be able to build around him. Beasley's got some skill, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's got some mobility. Yep. Uh, got some moxie about him, I, th- I think, you know, just watching him these two games. He didn't have a whole lot to shout about uh, last night, but to the first game, he looked good. And that first drive, as they say, some, something to build on. I'm find, trying to find some ways to find some level of hope and not just bury the Aggies and say they suck, they got no chance. But right now, it's not looking good for them as they drop to 1-5. and five. But we move on, and there's some huge college football tomorrow, and for that, I'm grateful for, and let's talk about it now. Hashtag college football. All right, we talked about the locals playing tomorrow. Pac-12 is in action. Uh, have we got any games? Am I missing anything? Any games being canceled in the Pac-12? Not that I have seen yeah. so far, but that doesn't mean that it couldn't happen. No, and we know the Utes, their games that they canceled were on Friday afternoons, basically. Uh, we also have Pac-12 football Sunday. That's sort of cool. We'll start with that. Yeah, Wazoo, uh, Washington USC. State, and SC, uh, 5.30 on Fox Sports on Sunday. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in that game. Uh, Pac-12, SC, the lone remaining hope if the Pac-12 can get to where they want to be in, in the postseason in the playoff. The Trojans, they're getting some guys back. was reading up on them because they've had some COVID issues, obviously, because they've had games canceled. And so guys are starting to come back. A big 10. I always have to make sure I say 10 and not 12. Big 10's got some big games. Indiana and Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan State and Ohio State. I'd expect Ohio State to win. They haven't been on the field. They've had games canceled. Michigan State with their big win last week. Uh, so they've got an opportunity to they beat Northwestern there. So maybe they have some momentum. My guess is no. Texas A&M and Auburn obviously is a big game Uh, let's see who else am I missing Clemson Virginia Tech Uh, probably wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in Virginia Tech beating Clemson I'm not sure anybody can beat Clemson that was the game that apparently if this uh, college game day deal with Coastal Carolina fell through they're actually just going to go up the road and do it in Blacksburg there at Virginia Tech yeah it was game game day uh, yeah obviously that's close enough there and they needed something. They couldn't have a game day at Coastal Carolina when Coastal Carolina's not <laughs> We're playing. not playing a game, no. so come on down. Yeah, that, that's going to be fun to watch. It's more publicity for BYU tomorrow. I mean, obviously they're going to talk about that. Alabama, LSU, Nick Saban is supposed to be back. 100% clear to rejoin the Crimson Tide and coach them against those Tigers. Matt Wells is out. He tested positive. Uh, 20th head coach to test positive. 
Texas Tech playing Kansas, so they should be able to get a victory. Patterson is going to take over. Patterson's been up at Utah State. He was at ASU, too. Uh, so you got that going on. Fiesta Bowl. Oh, I guess Rose Bowl, too. No fans in attendance when their games are played. Uh, let's see. The Rose Bowl, as I like to call it, the granddaddy, was denied the opportunity to have a few California and Pasadena. Who knows? Did you see? I, I saw yesterday. <laughs> the festival is going to try to allow immediate family members uh, to attend. I saw these, these politicians, you know, as they uh, they preach to us about the uh, nature of this thing here. And you mean rules do, for thee, but not for me? Yeah, that's that's a. I like that. That's a rhymer. Oh, the city of Austin, Texas. They I saw. Yeah, the Austin was. Austin statesman. Their mayor came out and gave us a big political speech, and we know what party he's from. And apparently the thing was taped in Cabo San Lucas. And it's on vacation. Great. That's exactly what I want to hear. And the good thing about me is I believe both sides are hypocrites. So uh, there you go. All right, let's move on to the NFL. Hashtag NFL. It's challenging, you know. There's there's real things in in the, in the world, and there's real challenges in life. And uh, I always told you guys, I'm gonna pray for people, and I'm gonna pray for people to overcome them all. And uh, that's always the case. And so I'm, I'm rooting for them to be able to overcome. And you know, hopefully this time it's it's uh, it's better than the last time, you know. And I think that's that's the that's the reality that you pray for. That's Russell Wilson talking about Josh Gordon, the former Ute, although he never played with Utah. He has had substance issues for many many years. And it seems like he is running through NFL rosters, and he's been reinstated, although it's, he's not scheduled to play here for a couple of weeks, right? I uh, thought that's what I read last night. Uh, so he's a talented receiver, but he has been afoul of the rules many times over. It's the latest reinstatement. And Russell Wilson is certainly correct there. Anybody who has these issues, I couldn't imagine it because I don't have it. I'm fortunate. I knock on wood on that stuff. I never got involved with that, so and I've never had the temptation. I wouldn't know what it's about. I cannot speak to any form of addiction whatsoever because I don't have any, at least that I know of. Nothing like that, and that's bad news, and we all wish the best. It's, it, it, to me, it's just uh, something I really can't get my hands around and, and try to comprehend how it could be. But I understand the serious nature of it certainly understand the serious nature not to the level of first-hand knowledge i did have a family member i have gone to uh, aa meetings in support of that family member but for me personally i haven't had nothing so i can't relate to josh gordon's predicaments but obviously want him to succeed particularly when they themselves want to succeed so as russell wilson said hopefully this one will be better than all the other ones uh, notable games tomorrow who do we got who do you like rams and cardinals uh in the nfc west huge game there cardinals taking on water i don't think they've won since they beat the seahawks there they have not uh, yeah so they need to turn it around they're clinging to the last playoff spot if they want to get in but the rams rams have been hot and cold I thought uh, they weren't going to make it. Then they got hot. Then they lose to a banged-up Niners team. So I'm not sure what to make of them. And I know that the Seahawks should be able to run away with that division because I think their schedule, the remaining portions of the uh, the rest of the season, is something a bunch against easy teams, the Giants being one of them on Sunday. 
Uh, Eagles trying to do something. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in that NFC East. Are we going to have a team? Is it going to be? It looks like they're on track. Whoever wins the division, uh, I'm not a historian, but it would have the worst record ever of a division winner. It's tracking that way, yes. 7-9's been the worst we've had, both the NFC West with the Seahawks, and there's one other division, if I recall. Yeah. 7-9 seems like a powerhouse. (laughs) Compared to what we're looking at. Yeah, so the NFC East now. It's just bad, bad news. So we'll see what happens there. Everybody's still in it, I guess, to one degree or another. Washington, with Alex Smith, has a great opportunity to get that that would be something i mean if you're that team and you win that division with a crappy record obviously you take it (laughs) and it's better than not being in there and getting in the postseason so see what happens there joe barrel successful surgery Uh, you got man torn acl and mcl or other structural damage not good sunday night game the chiefs like watching them but it's against the Broncos. Don't like watching them. So maybe I'll be locked down on the college football game if that's competitive. We'll have Lincoln Kennedy coming up here in about 10 minutes. Raider and analyst and to talk about what's going on with the Raiders and the NFL. So stay with us on that. Let's get to the NBA. Hashtag NBA. I'm confident that he'll be all in. You know, that's where I'm leaving it. It's, I've, as I said, that I'm giving him his space to to do his thing, but I'm confident he'll be here uh, when we when we get started. That's new Rockets coach Stephen Silas talking about James Harden. It'll be interesting to see if James Harden creates a headache for the Rockets or if he comes to play ball. Talking about giving him his space. Uh, well, is he a temperamental superstar? I don't know. I don't know that he has been. But uh, the situation is different now. So we'll see how that goes. And then Miami's uh, heat coach, Eric Spolstra, said the quick turnaround for the season is, quote, the price of chasing something great. That's for sure. But at the same time, I mean, come on. It's basketball. These guys are probably going to play basketball off to the side one way or another. It's time. It's time to get the NBA going, man. We're in December. I really, really want my NBA because they fill up a lot of nights. College basketball works for me, but it has to be the right type of games, the right type of schools uh, playing. And while we're on the subject of that, let's get to college basketball. Hashtag college basketball. Martin. Attacks on the dribble, gets down inside, shoots it up and in. Remy Martin in a lot of traffic, able to score that one, and he's in double figures with 10 points. Here's a steal. Remy with a steal, drives, lays it up and in. Remy Martin with a huge play when the Devils really needed it. That is ASU's announcer, play-by-play guy Tim Healy, talking about Remy Martin, a senior, the rare senior who stayed in college, obviously, all this time. He is the Devils' leader. They go to Berkeley and get a decent win. They're ranked 25th. So as far as the Pac-12 going, conference play is underway. The Utes opened with a relatively easy 76-62 victory over Washington. Pretty much exactly the way I thought it would go. I watched the game. They got down a little bit early, but not too much. And then they assumed control about midway of the first half and then just... I don't want to say cruised, but we're in control the rest of the way. Washington is a bad team, as they say. Alfonso Plummer, 21 points, picking up where he left off. 
So that's pretty cool for him and them. And I think they got Idaho next week, and uh, we'll see how the uh, conference develops for them. It's important for them to have a good conference season because they haven't had a good enough conference season now for a number of years, and they need to find a way. I think the talent is there for them to find a way. Allen is a really good player. We know that. Uh, Carlson had some nice blocks. Uh, Ryland Jones looks bigger. If nothing else, he looks bigger. It's fun to see the growth, literally physically, uh, how he's growing up. Was a young lad last year as a freshman. Not so much of a baby face either. No, oh, he's got the beard. Yeah, he's he's probably sick of that. Probably (laughs) sick of hearing about that, looking like a 14-year-old. So he's growing the beard to prove that, uh, wait a second, He's pushing 20 years old here, so and he he, he doesn't shoot. I, I'd like to see him shoot more, man, because he's got a really good shot and put in some uh, three pointers from uh, way out there above uh, straight on. So Utes looking good. I think they got some promise. Um, hopefully they be able to play all the games. Excited for them to see how good they can be. Southern Utah beats Montana and Cedar City for the first time since 1999. Wow. That's freaking 20 years. That's, that's outrageous. 1-0 in the uh, big sky is what you wrote down here, Yach, so I assume you're right. They play again tomorrow. They're doing that kind of that double-headed yeah. deal. Big sky big doing sky. that, and that makes sense. Completely, totally makes sense. Yeah, but it's been 21 years since they beat Montana at home. Yeah. BYU is in Logan tomorrow to face Utah State. 7 o'clock, Scotty G will have the call for us. On the zone, beginning with the pregame show at 6:30, and all it's on is on Mountain West Digital Network. What the crap is that? Uh, it's streaming service. I- I'm flabbergasted. This is not on TV somewhere. Yeah. Well, why not? Why not? No, I, no I don't one? get it. I mean, I know they're playing football. Sure. So, uh, couldn't they let BYU TV do it? I guess it's Mountain West property. So yeah. how, do, how do I get the Mountain West digital network? You have to go online and stream it on a streaming device, your laptop, a Is tablet. it going to cost me? I think it's free, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So that's, at least that's the one saving grace on it. Well, here's your charge. At 645 tomorrow, <laughs> you tell me how to do it. I'll send you a step-by-step instruction. Because I would certainly like to watch the game. Obviously, I'll be having football on, too. Sure. And then the Utes start football at 8.30. Yeah, an hour and a half before they, yeah, they kick off the yeah. game. Yeah, and there's plenty of games, but this is one that I want to watch. One of the two local teams, uh-huh. man. I want to see. Cougars had a nice win, and the Aggies, uh, they got a win in their tournament there. Uh, I feel... I feel professionally obligated to watch it. I probably want to watch it either way, but I certainly just want to watch it for work and and to see what's going on when our teams are playing. I got to watch. That is just the facts as I see it there. What is trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690. Shamrock Plumbing. Joining us now is my friend Andrew Reinhardt. I haven't seen him in a while, but I've heard his voice all over the place. Actually, I've seen him on television. I just personally haven't seen him with my own eyes. He's from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, how the heck are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Yeah, long time no see, hasn't it? <laughs> it, it is, man. I'm used, to, I'm used to you being in our lounge and then coming in and doing your thing, and then we chat uh, in and around the breaks. So uh, I guess we'll have to do that with the social distancing and, and over the phone now. But tell us, man, what's going on with Wasatch Medical Clinic? Well, Wasatch Medical Clinic is, of course, helping so many men 
and couples, really. We're talking about erectile dysfunction, which doesn't just affect the man, but uh, affects his significant other and, and the couple, of course. Now, we treat ED in such a different way with acoustic wave therapy. And the big takeaway here is no pills. It opens up and regrows blood vessels. It's all about blood flow. Uh, so guys get back to normal function. If you're out there listening, you've probably heard us before, but maybe you're frustrated in the bedroom with the frequency or you've got a little bit of ED, uh, there is hope. We've helped thousands of guys get back to normal. And again, no pills, no needles, no surgery, and absolutely no side effects. All right, very good. And that sounds like those who have this issue, that Wasatch Medical Clinic will take care of it. You do what Andrew says. And Andrew, tell them what to do as far as getting in touch with you guys. Yeah, basically uh, what we want to have done prior to starting is have you screened by a medical doctor. He'll go through your medical history, your medication. Um, He'll do a blood flow ultrasound even to check your blood vessels. And if you want to call us now, we'll do the whole thing for free. So that is a critical step. And whether you do the treatments or not, there'll be no charge. We're also throwing in a couple freebies on top of that, a little gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. And new patients now even get free testosterone. So a lot for free today. Uh, Put a stop to the erectile dysfunction. Give Wasatch Medical Clinic a call now. All right, Andrew. And that phone number is 801 Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. They got a great deal for you guys. So give them a call. Get set up. If you need their services, they'll take good care of you. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. We'll talk to you throughout the morning. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Coming up, man, Lincoln Kennedy on what's going on with the Raiders. Our team, you can hear all the games right here on The Zone. And obviously, we got BYU football, Utah football, and we got some jazz mixed in. Stay with us. It's going to be a busy morning right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Have you ever turned on the TV and go to one of those channels where the Christmas fireplace is on your screen? Is that a thing? I saw that last night and I wanted to run that by you guys and see what you thought of it. <laughs> I've never sought it out, Gordon. It just said Christmas Yule Log. So I clicked on it and there it was, a fire burning. I'm just more concerned you thought, you know what? I better talk about this on the radio. Everyone needs to know. The standard to make the non-sports report is so low. You ever been on the channel where they just show you what's on all the channels? That, uh, that's fascinating to me. What's the definition of news again, Gordon? Shut up! The Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back in. Thanks for joining us, DJ and PK. DJ is off today. I am PK. Appreciate you Joining us, Lincoln Kennedy coming up. Football Fridays here on the Zone Sports Network. And coverage of the Las Vegas Raiders game against the New York Jets on Sunday is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official's Raiders debit card. Same great features and benefits. And now with the silver and black, learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Lincoln Kennedy, who does the radio, what would you call it? Commentary, expert commentary, Lincoln. How do you want me to phrase it? <laughs> you know what? It's just, it's just good to be with you, man. It, there was a lot of, there was a lot of K, K's thrown around when you came back from break, so I kind of had to keep up. How you holding it down, brother? <laughs> <laughs> 
We're doing well, flying the ship solo, take on a different role. My, as DJ says, my role is to shoot spitwads in the back of the bus, and uh, <laughs> so I have to step up and drive the bus. Uh, you've been in radio, good. so you know how that goes. I do, I do. Yeah, yeah I've been doing this for a long time. So, yeah. Well, that Raider game last week was uh, interesting in that, you know, I thought the Falcons weren't as bad as they had been showing, and sure enough, man, they obviously put it all together uh, you've been around football. You've played it since you were a boy all the way up through the highest level. You're Gruden. How do you react to that? Well, the only thing you can do is to put that game behind you and move forward. And now you've got an O and, what, 11 team. I lost track of where the Jets are. Um, yeah. And that you have to go to New York and play. And the fact is, is that the Raiders haven't beaten the Jets in New York since 96, I think. And the last time they won at MetLife Stadium, that was against the Giants, was in 2010, if, if my memory serves me correctly. So you got to put that game behind you. But the thing is, is that this is in reflection to the Falcons. You know, ever since Raheem Morris and his staff took over on an interim basis, the Falcons have responded. I think now they're currently 4-2. and two. Everything has gone down from the amount of points they've given up, um, uh, the amount of points scored and everything else, and they're, they're trending in the right direction. And Of course, the season might be too far lost to try to resurrect it, but they could still be dangerous. They play the Saints this week, and so we'll see how that comes out. But with all that being said, you know, there's no simple way of putting it. The, the, the Raiders got smashed. And they got smashed in a way that they, were, that they hadn't seen in quite some time. And what I mean by that is I believe not only were the Raiders outplayed on, on uh, at least the offensive side of the ball, but they were also out, uh, outcoached on the offensive side of the ball. And what I mean by that is that, you know, the, the Falcons took away a lot of the signature play that the Raiders had ran and had success with up until that point. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 I thought the Raiders were going to make adjustments because they never really got into any type of even flow if that makes sense, as the game went on. Um, and even after halftime, which they've done you know, time and time again, they didn't, they didn't have any adjustments to answer to what the Falcons were doing. They were still stymied on offense. And then as, even as the defense played a lot better than I really expected them to play, they held the, the Falcons to three when they were put in backed-up situations time and time again. They held the, held the Falcons. They were still in the game. But Derek Carr became pressed, and the bottom fell out. So it was a disaster that you want to put behind you and move forward. And I'm hoping that they put together a good enough game plan to go out there and take care of business against the Jets because I know Greg Williams and his defenses will always be ready to take on somebody. You know, what was crazy is I think that I could argue certainly uh, this season, not necessarily of his entire career because I can't recall it, but I could, I could argue that Carr the week prior played the best he's played all season. And then you follow it up with that stinker. We look at what defines greatness in really any sport, and we'll just obviously stick with the NFL. And to me, greatness is defined by consistency. And if you have that, then you are great because anybody could get hot in a, right. a given game or what have you. But the ones who do it, you know, whether it's in basketball and they're doing it 75 out of 82 or, you know, they consistently hit 300 in baseball over a 10-year period and whatever in football, you know, that, that's the definition of greatness. How do the Raiders find that consistency? Well, the thing is, is I'm not going to put this blame on Derek Carr. I'm, no. I'm, I'm actually putting the blame on guys that I have a respect for and up front. I think the offensive line of the Raiders got manhandled in that game. Right. I, I, they got pushed around. 
And they have been, even though they've been maligned with injuries and a, and a bunch of misfortunes, they still have to some extent been somewhat of the strength of this team, the, their, their level of resolve. But, you know, this, this isn't on, to me, this isn't on Derek Carr's. I, I, look, you know, when you think about the quarterback's responsibility in today's game, there are a lot of guys who can take over games. You see what Russell Wilson can do when he improvises. You see what Patrick Mahomes can do when he's out there. Um, you know, all the greats, Aaron Rodgers, so on and so forth. We, we sometimes want to, uh, we want to elevate our quarterback to that level before they're deserving. I think Derek Carr is having a tremendous year. And prior to last week's game, I would sit there and say that he could probably be in the conversation for All-Pro, maybe MVP, depending on how you want to throw it out, because I think there's a couple other quarterbacks out there that are playing a little bit better. But for the, for the number standpoint and what he's done, I thought the world of him. But he can't do it alone. And that's been Derek's, in my issue, that's been Derek Carr's problem his entire career. He doesn't know how to trust his teammates. There's some times where you can't do it all. You can only do what you can do. You've got to have help. And what I mean is that the offensive line has got to protect. Receivers have got to get open. You know, he's also got to deliver the ball. The timing is about, you know, the offensive play calling is about rhythm and timing. And when you don't establish one early, it's hard to get that going. You know, the, the Raiders, for their, from their standpoint, offensive standpoint, were so used to getting such production out of first and second down, making third downs manageable, that what happens when that doesn't, you can't do that. And for the last two games, that's kind of how it's been. Now, they had the fortune when they played against Kansas City to be able to pick up the slack by, you know, throwing some balls and, you know, getting open and, and finding ways to, to, to break down the pass defense. But against Atlanta, their most successful offensive plays were 50-50 balls. That's not a consistency. That's not a no. presence. So no, I'm not going to blame that on Derek for not being able to get that done. Raiders analyst Lincoln Kennedy joining us here on The Zone. Earlier in the season, uh, the Packers got off to a decent start, and then they lost, uh, I, I think it was Tampa, if I remember, uh-huh. and Aaron Rodgers talking about where he said, hey, this could be good for us. Uh, how do you fall down in that camp as far as a loss being beneficial to a team? Sometimes you get, you get a chance where you're um, – sometimes you have an instance where you're starting to read your own press. We're talking about, when it comes to the Raiders, the uh, third – I think it's third youngest team in the league. Everyone was praising the Raiders after their play against Kansas City. Oh, yeah, they lost, but they look good. They look like gangbusters. There are times where you just need to get smashed in the mouth for you to wake up. Now, the way Gruden is painting him because I play for him, I know what he's saying. is like, you know, from this point on, if you win, you're in. If you guys have aspirations of being a playoff team, you need to take care of business. It starts with the Jets. It's not difficult it's not terribly difficult as say the beginning of this this season the next five games but tell you what it's not necessarily easy as well you still got to go out there and play if you start looking down your nose and taking things for granted like they did against Atlanta you're going to smash them out and you're going to be sitting at home watching other teams playing in the playoffs so sometimes a loss can be good because it can wake up a team we'll see how this team responds the, uh, the Raiders I think they're a better team than the New York Jets but they still have to go out there and do it because you got to remember you know, and, and I've said this all the time in every medium that I've been on, the guys on the other side of the ball get paid too. Those guys over there, no matter whom they are, or one of uh, 32 teams in the National Football League, they're not just going to let you walk all over them. They've got pride as well. Yeah, really in the NFL, uh, the parody thing that goes back to Pete Rozelle, uh, can be on display, and we saw that last Sunday with the Falcons. The Jets, I'm not sure, though, that I could go in that direction 
but at the same time, as you studied them, what do you think that they do well? Greg Williams has always been a defensive-minded defensive coordinator that has been able to get his guys inspired to play. If you follow his career, his defenses were not horribly terrible. They might not have the playmakers, um, but you know what? The thing is, the Jets over the last couple of years committed a ton of resources to their defense. Um, I think they ranked uh, 11th against the run in, 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 in the NFL. Um, I'm not sure where they are in the past, but it, all I'm saying is that they're, you know, we sit here and talk about as analysts when you watch a team tank, like with the, you know, you see in basketball or stuff like that. It's not, it's not possible to me to understand to even fathom how it can happen in football. And what I mean by that is you're not going to walk in the locker room and say, all right, guys, <laughs> we're just going to go out there and go through the motions. Don't nobody take anything seriously. We're gonna, you know, cause guys are playing for pride. Guys are playing for contracts. Guys are playing for their resumes. Uh, a coach can create a scheme to where his guys can't be successful. That can happen. Um, and I've seen that at times. And most notably, I think it was Miami a couple years ago when they were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were playing the defense. They were getting torched on over and over again. And I couldn't understand it until I realized what was at stake. Um, so, you know, when it comes to the Jets, you never want to be that team. Every coach I played for has talked up an underperforming team. Better watch out. You better, you, you, you know, look, you better not look twice because you don't want to be the first one. The Jets are 0-11, and I know Gruden is telling his team, you guys don't want to give them the first win. Go out there and take care of business. And as I said before when we talked, I, I think the Raiders are a better team. But yeah. you just have to go out there and perform. and got to do it. So when it comes to the Jets, they've got some weapons. They've got some teeth. They've got some bite. You've got to go out there and nullify it, jump on them early, and not give them a reason to want to sit around. So they're 0-11 on the other side, the Steelers, and they just played uh, a couple days ago with that uh, weird game that they had going on with uh, Baltimore. <laughs> that was fun. I actually enjoyed watching Wednesday afternoon football. Why not? Uh, they're they're 11-0, and and obviously we think of undefeated. Uh, looking at their schedule, they got Washington and Buffalo, Cincinnati, the Colts, and then the Browns. You think they can do it? It's going to be hard, in my opinion, because the injuries are starting to mount. Injuries to, 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 to difference makers. Every championship team has got a difference maker or two. If you look back over the last couple of years, especially on the defensive side, look at what got the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl. A defensive line that could apply pressure with the front four. Now, when that's nullified, they don't have the same teeth as, as you know, other teams do. I think the same thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're on an unbelievable run. I'm not going to deny that. But as it gets closer, I think the injuries, especially the one to Bud Dupree and the ones that we've seen to, 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 to Bush and other guys on the, on the defensive side, are going to mount up, and it's going to make them harder for making a championship run. I don't know if they, even the way they are, as well as they played in the position they're in, I don't know if they get past Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, especially with losing those defensive players. Lincoln Kennedy, Raider analyst, joining us. I wanted to ask you a college football question, but not anything in particular. You know, they're talking about this rule going forward to where they'll give guys an opportunity to transfer once without sitting out. And they've been very liberal with the waivers now of guys wanting to transfer and not having to redshirt. We've already seen a number of players do that. But I, I I was listening to Rick Neuheisel talk, and he was talking about a theory that he felt like, well, this rule, it sounds good to give the players more freedom. He thought that it might actually work against uh, the teams that aren't the powerhouses in college football because what his, his point was, 
is that, man, if I get recruited by Alabama, Ohio State, whatnot, and we've seen some high-profile guys leave these places and go, you know, Joe Burrow didn't get to start at Ohio State, goes to LSU, ends up being the number one pick. So the idea being, well, yeah, man, I would love to play for that team because they have a shot to be in a playoff every year. So I'll go there knowing that if I get beat out because of the tremendous amount of NFL talent that they recruit, then I can go down a level or maybe even down two levels i can go to teams that are ranked in the top 20 but aren't necessarily going to be ranked in the top five so he felt like that it could help the ohio states the alabamas those programs of the world get even more talent initially because these guys give it a shot and if it doesn't work with the 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 highest of the high then i can go down to uh, Texas A&M, TCU, wherever, just to use the Big 12 as an example. What do you think about that? You know, I have been, I've been on the, on the, on the, the, in the mindset that we, with the transfer reporter, even before these other, you know, adjustments and whatever it is have happened, that we were on the verge of basically amateur free agency with what we yeah. had, what we've seen. Right. And I, I never liked it. You know, I, uh, people have come but combated with the conversation. Well, why can't guys choose where they want to go? Coaches do it all the time. My thing is this: is that where where are we as a society in general if we're getting away from you keeping your word? You want to go to a place that you choose a place, you go through the recruitment process, and you choose to go to Utah. All of a sudden, you're not playing. Should you be left to just jump ship and go? You made a commitment. Stand by your word. You know, and if, if it was then the way it initially started to me was the graduation portal. Well, after you graduated and you fulfilled your, your, your responsibilities with that, you had a place to go. I didn't really mind that as much as the open transfer portal as we see now. Because now right. it's just as you're mentioning it. It's like, guys, oh, well, I'm not playing at Utah. I'm going to go to UW. Well, no, you committed to Utah. And the fact is the programs don't get those scholarships back for you jumping. You see what I mean? So, yeah. so now it becomes a, an amateur free agency. If you're going to go to the best place that you think that you had to play, why don't you make that decision in the first place? I think we're honestly heading there, and that's why I'm disgruntled with the NC2A as, in the general because it's like, look, stop trying to hold on to an amateur status. Call it like it is. Pay the athletes because that's exactly what you're doing. To, you're taking the money off of their back. Pay the athletes and allow them to go where they want to. And if you want to start signing contracts, then sign contracts. Once upon a time, a scholarship was a contract. But now that's right. you found a ways that you can wiggle out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's clearly where they're going, and it's becoming you know, uh, uh, it's, it's, like, it's like a free-for-all. And if you talk to college coaches now, they'll say, and I, and I think some kids out of high school are going to get hurt by this because what they're doing now is you're going to sign up to 25 guys in a given class. Well, nobody wants to sign that amount because you don't want to max out because you want to have on a traditional year, you want to have guys or scholarships available in the spring because you know the transfer situation can be lucrative, basically, yes. and you can really supplement, if not build, the strength of your team around transfers. Yep, totally agree. Totally and, agree. Uh, be, be interesting to see how this how this works out because it does look like it's going in this direction, and I'm wondering, you know, you have unintended consequences of uh, it's just like what scares me about, and I'm all for paying these guys money, right. but what what scares me about it is. Are they prepared for all the people that are going to be after them? Will the, will the NCA or some organization set up 
the platform to educate these young fellows as far as, okay, now you got some money, how do you handle it? I mean, you had to deal with that when you go yeah. from college to the pros. How do you handle it? Well, the thing is that it's very difficult because it's hard to tell what 20, 21-year-olds what to do with more money than they see in their life. It right. really is. You know, it's, it, it, and trust me, there are times where I've been in front of symposiums with young guys, and I told them straight up, look, you're going to have to go out there and lose some money to understand how valuable it is. You're, only, you're going to have to go through some of life's trials and tribulations, whether that's through women, whether that's through gambling, whether that's through bad investments, whatever. You're going to have to experience it because you don't know otherwise. You've never been in that lifestyle. And I'm not smart enough to sit there and figure out how they can collectively do it across the, uh, across the, uh, the, 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 the scope of things or the NC2A. Because in all honesty, if it comes down to paying athletes and it comes down on the scale of what you, you, know, what you bring in versus what you put out, you know, let's let's face it. Let's face that. The SEC is going to pay a lot more than the Pac-12. So what's the incentive for a guy going to the Pac-12? Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I so, I mean, I mean that's, that's another conversation for another day. But along those lines, when you're talking about the scope of paying for paying guys, you're also talking about how to properly manage them. I, I honestly believe that, you know, we, we have to uh, create incentives for guys wanting to be successful. I'm of the mindset that if you're paying NC2A athletes, why don't you give them a stipend or a bonus for graduating? Show the incentive of collecting a degree, because then you can only say that, you know, we've, we've done our part, we empowered them. You know, when I was going through college, they always said that, they told me that before we signed a national letter of intent, no matter how long it takes for you to graduate, you'll have a chance to graduate at University of Washington. You might have to come back as a graduate assistant. You might have to work off your debt, but you'll have a chance to graduate. There's a place for you. Now, that was a little bit of an incentive for me because it's like, you know what, I mean, even, even if I'm not strong at school and it takes me longer than I, than I expect, so be it. But, you know, it gives you the incentive to graduate. Because the money is so great and, and it's out there and it's in everybody's faces, why not give the, 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 the NC2A athletes, say, look, if you graduate, there's a stipend of X amount of dollars waiting for you at the end. Here's your cash at the end of Rainbow. We want you to graduate. Something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Good thoughts. I appreciate them. All right, well, I suspect next week we'll be talking to you after a win. If not, I don't don't know what to say. I mean, they they don't want to lose to the Jets by any stretch. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Lincoln. Have a good one, man. Good weekend. All right, that's Lincoln Kenny, Raider analyst, Pac-12 analyst, joining us. Coming up next, uh, we've got to get to some college football, man. What are you expecting to happen this weekend? Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and, PT, DJ and PK brought to you in part by Jerry Siner Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months plus a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry Siner Cadillac. Utes and Cougars, you're going to get your way tomorrow? These games are just gigantic for different reasons. 
for BYU. This is a spot that you haven't been in in a good long while, and the funky nature of this game with game day being there, bringing you untold amounts of publicity. The spotlight is on you guys now. If you want the spotlight, you got it. Cougar fans, what's your level of nervousness? Biggest game since when? How are you going to play it out, man? Man, if you lose, you talk about all the air going out. I would worry. If they lose tomorrow, I'd be worried about them losing next week. You know, sort of that deal uh, years ago there in Croton's first year when they, what they do? They lose to Hawaii and then lost to, who else did they lose to? It was the second game. They had two losses in that year, didn't they? Locke, you're a big BYU fan. Help me out here. Lost to Hawaii and Mississippi State. Mississippi State, is that what it was? Yep. Yeah, so the air went out of the balloon there when everything was going so well for them. Now, I think they're going to win. And Utes, I think you're going to win. Utes got to win. They've got to win. They need to win in the desperate, most desperate manner. You don't want to be 0-3. Even in a screwy season, you don't want that. All right, we've got Dennis Dodd coming up, CBS Sports. Talk to him about the BYU perspective and what's going on in the Pac-12. He'll join us next. Right now we got Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, you're practically, it's like DJ, PK, and Andrew. I mean, you've been on our show so much, so used to having you on. We've been, ha- been having you on now for a number of years. And you got help for guys who need help. Please explain. We do. If there's anybody out there frustrated in the bedroom, that is what Wasatch Medical Clinic specializes in, in eliminating or reversing erectile dysfunction. Uh, we treat the problem in such a different way with acoustic wave therapy. It's an FDA-registered device, and I should say Cambridge University studied and approved, kind of. Uh, They uh, did a clinical study on this treatment. At the end of it, they said all men experienced an an increase in blood flow. We know that erectile dysfunction is a blood flow problem. When we repair those damaged blood vessels, uh, we eliminate the issue. And here's the big takeaway. No pills, no injections, and that means no more side effects. You get that spontaneity back into the relationship. So with that in mind, there is a specific reason why guys should take advantage of this right now, isn't there? There is. We're giving away a lot for free. We know that when a guy gets ED, he sometimes does nothing, and the relationship suffers. So call us now. The exam, the assessment, basically the screening with our medical doctor – will be totally free. We'll throw in a little gift that uh, I don't think I've seen this fail, by the way. It produces instant results in the bedroom. You'll love that. And new patients even get free testosterone. If you're feeling like the tank is a little empty, we can help you with that as well. Give us a call now. It's all free. There you go, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Merry Christmas is coming a little early. Their phone number is 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Andrew, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, coming up next, Dennis Dodd, National College Football Writer for CBS Sports. Um, what this weekend all means. Looking forward to talk to him. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.